is by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Jordan. Once again, by my co-host Cody. Cody, how you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? James, I'm doing lovely. I apologize to everyone for the delay and the episode. I had a little bit of a migraine yesterday, and I don't think staring at a screen uh, to talk to James here would have done very good for it. So we chose to delay <laughs> the episode today. I apologize again in advance, um, but we're excited now to talk about this uh this Steelers team I shouldn't say we're excited uh we lost but I'm still there's rather talk positives. Steelers football than not talk Steelers football I guess to clarify yeah and there's there's always positive takeaways and it's important that we don't overlook that it's tough on a losing season and that's what's going on this year right now unfortunately it'll take Pittsburgh winning the rest of their games to not have a losing season it's doable uh, but looking a little bit less likely week after week these days, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, before we get too far, of course, uh, we'll have another episode for you guys on Friday. Uh, good health uh, allowing, but we should be good on that. I'm taking uh, my so- zinc and my other stuff. <laughs> I, I started at the beginning of November with the immune booster stuff, yep. man. Just, it just gets brutal up I there. Don't, I don't need it as bad, man. It was 72 today. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, shout yeah, out to Mama Tanner. Fun. Shout out to Mama Tanner, my mom. She was all like, you know, are you taking your zinc? I was like, no, mom, I'm not. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I started taking it, whatever. <laughs> slap is behind make him take that zinc mama tanner no <laughs> don't want my mom slap my behind anymore <laughs> you, no you probably don't no no <laughs> nope. moving on so yeah let's get into this let's get away from the booty slapping comments and uh on to the uh booty slapping kicker that we have mr chris boswell chris uh, boswell brought- Brought back onto the 53-man roster, activated off of the injured reserve previous to the game. Matthew Wright was then accordingly released, uh, and that did factor into the game, as we'll find out. Uh, not, a, not, not a, not, not a ton. Not a, t- yeah, true. Also, I mean, not just, Boswell's fault or fault. It, just the difference in winning and losing, but yeah. I meant not okay. I meant that we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Inactives for the game: Mason Rudolph, yes. Malik Reed, Josh Jackson, Kendrick Green, and Mark Robinson. Again, Mark Robinson, the sneaky, sneaky little man on the practice squad, um, or not the practice squad. Excuse me, but the um, oh, 53. 53. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the inactives for the game. Again, this was a game against the Ratbirds. I ha- I told James if you guys were like, dang. Steelers by the lake on Twitter is being aggressive with reporting every play. Well, yeah, because I told James I had got called in to work to handle <laughs> stupid situation. I couldn't see the game. So I was like, James, my phone will be on Twitter the entire time. Blow it up. So he did. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I felt like I hadn't got missed anything. Back. Felt like I hadn't missed anything. Um, but yeah, this game started off not fantastic with the fact that we lost our starting quarterback fairly early in this game. Um, not ideal by any means no no and what i saw in those first couple of drives uh it looked like the offense didn't have a good plan for the pressure that baltimore was bringing Mm -hmm. uh but the nice thing about having a quarterback like kenny pickett is with his mobility he was able to create some plays and go get some yards that ended up getting him in trouble but it got him in trouble because of a completely botched blitz pickup 
Um, there was two middle linebackers lined up opposite the center, one on each side of them. Uh, both guards let them go, didn't block anyone, and then that left Mason Cole to try to figure out which one to block. Uh, and ended up not really getting a hand on either one of them because he was trying to get them both, uh, which led to one guy hitting Kenny, and he spins off of it, and then Roquan grabs him by the face mask, spikes him into the ground head first. No call, of course, on the play, and there's your concussion. I will Um, be shocked if he doesn't get fined by the end of the week for that one. To to me, that is... It's not... The the slam down part was uh, wildly unnecessary, Compared to the normal calls that we've been seeing in the NFL that have been called for unnecessary roughness, it's that excessive slamming that has been called time and time again in other games with other quarterbacks. And it's against quarterbacks. That's the thing. You're not supposed to do it to a quarterback. If it's He's, a running back or wide receiver or tight end down the field, okay, it's a different story. But it's a quarterback who's still behind the line of scrimmage. Correct. It, it goes down as a sack. He's supposed to be protected uh, in these plays. Uh, you're not supposed to slam him forcefully. You're not supposed to land on him. You're not supposed to hit him in the head. And you're definitely not supposed to grab him by the face mask and slam him head first into the ground. Correct. Uh, so <laughs> easily could have been flagged if, if for the very least, the face mask penalty uh, in the 15 yards on that. But the more devastating issue is that then took Kenny Pickett out of the game. Uh, they did check him out for a concussion and then cleared him. He came back in, played another series. Uh, and then never came back into the game again. So my guess is he probably started experiencing some symptoms. Yep, and that's exactly uh, what they said. Yeah, yeah, he must have self-reported, which hats off to him. A lot of guys would try to play through that. And And they wouldn't do anything. Yeah, or you get a second one like Tua did in the same doggone game, and then you're out for a month and a half, and you might end up with long-term side effects that are no good for anybody. Yeah. Uh, let alone a football player. So um, that put it squarely in the hands of Mitchell Trubisky, who honestly moved the ball really well until they got to the 20 yard line and then just absolutely choked drive after drive after drive. Yep. And it's because uh, he was telegraphing what he was doing almost every single time. E- yeah. Even to a degree on the plays that were successful, he didn't really look off anybody. He just got the ball away quickly and, and yeah. made decent throws. I think, and I, James, I texted this to you during the game. I think he has a great arm. I just think he has terrible decision-making and doesn't understand. And I don't understand how he doesn't understand this because I've seen him play better than this before, but he was literally looking down his receiver every single play. You can't do that in the NFL, especially against the secondary and even the linebackers like the freaking Baltimore Ravens have. Yeah. You can't do it. Uh, and unfortunately he did. And that led to the three interceptions. Um, Thankfully, he got a touchdown late, saved his butt a little bit on the stat line there. Um, but like you said, he he got us. He led good drives, and then they went down, and we got nothing for them. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely devastating uh, to be turning the ball over inside the twenty yard line like that. Uh, if you come away with a field goal on any one of those three drives that he throws an interception, you win the game. Yep. Uh, also, if the field goal doesn't get blocked, you win the game. Uh, but. We were going to get to that later, James. <laughs> yeah, we still will. Because <laughs> I got a little insight on that. I, I heard about Calais Campbell's interview post game on on uh, what they did differently than normal uh, mm-hmm. that allowed their success on that play. Got it. Um, but the the worst part is that Mitch was 
was stringing together like four or five good throws right in a row, you know, he'd get to the, the end of the drive and he'd be four for four or five for five or five for six or whatever. And then he throws an interception and bad. The first one really, really made me mad, man. Because uh, we sent a wide receiver in motion. And the whole point of sending the wide receiver in motion on a pass play is so that you have a look at the defense pre-snap as to whether or not they're in man or zone. Nobody went with the receiver, which indicates to you that they are in zone coverage. Uh, and then he never looked off the receiver. And if you're in zone, you need to have your eyes all over the place. If yeah. it's in man, you don't need to be looking all over the place because there's no one sitting in a zone waiting. But if it's in zone, which clearly was indicated by the fact that no one went with the receiver in motion, then you need to be looking in front of where you're throwing the ball before you throw the ball and he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just like a middle school mistake in my book on that one. Uh, and the second one, he just stared Pat Fryermuth down from the snap all the way until when he threw the ball. And of course, Raquan Smith is no dummy. He's a former first and he's a freak athlete linebacker. Yeah. He's a very good athlete. Uh, he read it like a book. Cause he just looked at, at Mitch and followed Mitch's eyes and his eyes didn't lie. Uh, and then that last one was just taking a taking a deep shot on a prayer to Deontay Johnson and yeah. and hoping that Deontay could get there and he wildly overthrew him. Unfortunately, yeah. it was still double um, coverage. Yeah, you can only yeah. do that. You I mean, if he throws that. a good ball, it's it's a touchdown probably. Uh, but he didn't throw a good ball. He overthrew him by almost ten yards. Yeah, so. the, the thing that makes me more mad than anything, I, I shouldn't say more mad, but the thing that also makes me mad is the fact that on the one drive where he threw the interception, I believe it was the drive, the, the Pat Fryermuth interception where he was throwing to Pat Fryermuth. George Pickens made a phenomenal play on the sideline on that drive, and it just goes to waste. When you have a young receiver who's already frustrated that he's not getting the ball, and then he's getting the ball and he feels like it's just for nothing because your quarterback's making dumb decisions and throwing the ball into coverage and not looking off anybody and not reading the defense, it's very, very frustrating uh, for me as a fan watching, but I'm sure it's frustrating for George Pickens as well. Yeah. Gotta be right. How yeah. can it not be frustrating? Um, not seeing him more involved. And then when he does get involved, he's highly successful winning those contested catches and, and making his quarterback look good in situations where honestly it's not really warranted. So yeah. Frustrating. Very, very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. Indeed. Um, with that being said, James, let's get on a positive side of Kenny Pickett. His stat line, if you take away those three interceptions, if you take away the attempts completely, he's oh, okay, 20, you're talking about Mitch Trubisky. Or Mitch Trubisky, excuse me, sorry. Yeah. If you yeah. take away those three interceptions as attempts mm -hmm. even, he is 22 of 27 for 276 yards. And a touchdown. And a touchdown. <laughs> that's an amazing stat if we're line taking away all the negative yeah <laughs> that's an amazing stat line why yeah. couldn't you mitchell trubisky just not suck for a game realize you had a great opportunity to come back in and play super well or even okay which i don't think you did um i mean james i feel like you might want to say something differently but i don't think he had an okay game i don't think you can throw three interceptions and have an okay game like I, this, this reminds me of Kenny Pickett's first game against the Jets, uh, where he comes in and his only incomplete passes were interceptions, but he threw three interceptions. Yep. Uh, and that's the problem with it 
is that you win that game without those interceptions. Yep. All you have to do is finish one of those drives with a field goal and you got enough points to win the game. Uh, so even though the rest of the game was actually pretty doggone good by the guy, you can't call it a good game because the interceptions are devastating. Just yep. devastating. I you got to come away with something. That's that's the thing. Like the last few weeks, uh, sure, Kenny's drives have not been finishing in the end zone, uh, but he was getting five or six scoring drives a game. Yep, which was a plus. That was going in the right direction for it our was enough. Yeah, it was enough. It was 20-plus points a game, and that was enough with, with how the defense was playing to win the games. That would have been enough in this game. Yep. That would have been enough. If you hit 20 points, you would have easily won this game. Yep. And I do believe we would have won this game with Kenny Pickett. I do believe oh, it would have been absolutely. it would have been a double uh score game. Maybe not yeah. maybe not double digit win, but double score easy. Yeah, it probably would have been at least like 24 to 16. Yeah. Something like that. Because I mean the defense still wasn't gonna stop the run in the end of the day. But... Big facts. We'll get to that later. We'll get to <laughs> yeah. that later. I even talked to <laughs> yeah, I even talked to a freaking rat bird fan who I is a female and I did not expect her to know as much about football as she did, and it blew me away. But uh, Tyler Huntley comes in. You know he can't throw the ball insanely well. We saw mm-hmm. we saw him last year when he played. And then you let J.K. Dobbins go for 120. Gus Edwards go for 66. Like, you're going to lose that game. You know that's how they play. You know that's how yep. these games, especially against us, we know that's how it goes. You um, knew it was coming, and you still couldn't stop it. Very frustrating. Very mm-hmm. frustrating. But again, that's what happens when you have that style of offense that I don't think Pittsburgh practices that much against that that option offense. And I even saw one play where it was an option, and he still threw it. It was an option run, and then it turned into an RPO after the the initial option option play. It turned out to be a triple option play, um, and not the style in high school where they flick the you know they flick the ball to the halfback or whatever. Um, yeah. But very frustrating just to see how we played again. Again, moving on, we got to talk running backs for us. Uh, Najee Harris, probably the worst game of his uh, season, minus the touchdown. Obviously, again, taking out all the positive like I continue to do. Um, <laughs> but 12, 12 rushes for 33 yards. He wasn't even averaging three yards a carry. That's frustrating for us and him, I'm sure, because he's been, yeah. on, the, he's been on the up and up. He was like top, what, four or five in rushing yards since our bye week or, when it, or week, whenever it was. Um, yeah, he was doing well, but the, the offensive line just didn't move people in this game. Not even close. Uh, they needed to create it's just some slivers, just some somewhere for him to go. I mean, even on the touchdown run, we got to give Najee credit. There was nowhere for him to go. The only way he's getting in the end zone is to jump over the pile over top of everyone. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he did. And he's done that a few times this year because of his offensive line not getting a push. Uh, so honestly, my hat's off to, to Najee of finding a way to get in the end zone on that because the offensive line didn't do it for him. That's true. I'll give you that. That's big. That is big. We needed that touchdown in the worst way because it was all the time. Uh, and that gave Pittsburgh a little momentum and a little bit of hope to try to stay and fight in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Pickett was the second lead rusher with 16 yards. Uh, Jalen Warren had 11 on three carries. J- uh, Unfortunately, your big call out for Jalen Warren to have a breakout game didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite. It's okay. My call out for winning the turnover battle didn't happen. So nope. <laughs> uh, Benny Snell had two carries for four yards. Stevens Sims one for one yard. The running game was non-existent. There's not much more to talk about. Let's go to the offensive line, James, uh, because I want to get the bad stuff out before we talk about some good things. 
So we're going wide receivers after offensive line then? Yep. Yep. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, so the offensive line, I, I felt struggled again in, in pass blocking as far as figuring out who was coming from where and whose assignment it was. Uh, the one-on-one battles, I didn't feel like they were losing. I didn't I agree. see people getting driven into the backfield. I didn't see offensive tackles getting smoked. Uh, there was one play where Tyus Bowser abused Chooksakora for pretty badly. Uh, but other than that, I felt like they held their own in the one-on-one battles. It was properly identifying a guy and getting in front of him, yeah. uh, which is alarming that that's still an issue at this point. And I don't know if that's an issue with Mason Cole telling people who they're supposed to be assigned to or just poor communication between the group in general, being that so many of them haven't played together before. I would, I would argue the latter personally. Yeah. Um, you have to feel like that has something to do with it. And I know Mason Cole has not spent a ton of time at center. He spent a lot of time at guard previous to Pittsburgh. So I think it could be a little bit of both, but I definitely think the communication is the biggest issue right now because I, I feel like these guys in their one-on-one battles do fairly well. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want them to practice this week, James. I want the offensive line to have five straight film days. I want them yeah. to look they're like you said, they're winning the one-on-one battles. They went up against a solid front seven and, yep. and it, they weren't getting demolished strength wise. It was just the mental capacity of understanding who's coming and understanding whose role is, which um, sure make them hit the weight room here and there, but let them watch film, let them learn. If I was the head co- or if I was the offensive line coach, I'd go in I'd put the little remote down that they play, pause, and use the laser pointer with, and I would say, have at it. Because at some point, and I've talked about this a lot, and maybe this is just where I'm at in my life, which is why it's coming out so much, you got to take pride in your own work, man. Yeah, you do. You got to look down, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, what am I doing wrong? And each and every one of them have to do that together in order to get this fixed, in my opinion. I don't think anyone is the main issue. There's obviously weaker links. We won't talk, we won't name names today. Um, but we don't got, need to talk any more about that. That's for sure. Yeah, that that's where we're at. That's where we're at. That was dirty, dirty James. <laughs> dirty. We said we wouldn't say any names, right? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to some good things. Let's move on to some good things. The wide receiver core actually showed up, in my opinion, today or not today, Sunday, whatever. Uh, Deontay Johnson. <laughs> you know what we mean? Yeah, Deontay Johnson. Six receptions for eighty-two yards was fantastic. I felt like he had a chip on his shoulder and he, he missed one ball early or something happened and he got the next one and got the first down and he, I could tell that he was fired up. Um, and that excited me because I feel like it had been a while since we've seen that from him. So Deontay Johnson, again, 82 yards, 13.7 average. Fantastic. I will take that, Deontay. Thank yeah. you. Definitely a move in the right direction for Deontay. And the- uh, still working on the moving the right direction after catching the ball portion. True. Uh, but drastically better effort. The interception wasn't his fault this time. No, no, it wasn't. And I got to give him credit. Last week, there was one that could have been intercepted and he jumped up and batted it away. Yep. Uh, so uh, I feel like maybe the... He's starting to understand the magnitude. I've heard some interviews lately like people trying to to talk trash on George Pickens for being upset about this or that. And Deontay saying, Hey, as a leader in the wide receiver room, I've got to do better at helping him stay in the game and not getting frustrated and, and help him 
understand where he can still help the team win when he's not getting the ball thrown to him. They're saying some very mature things that you want to hear out of your leaders in a room. And he is the veteran in that room. Which is wild because he's not old. <laughs> no, no. What is he, like 24 or 25 or something? something. Uh, but Gun- yeah, he's, Gunner's he's probably young. older than him. Gunner's probably older than him, in all honesty. Yeah, but Gunner's got like 10 career catches, so oh, he almost I'm, doesn't count. <laughs> true, true. Okay, hold on. He has 13 career catches. Yeah, what, what like four this year? Yeah, for six yards. No, six targets. Yeah. For 50 yards, for 50 yards, for 50 yards. Yeah. <laughs> whatever moving on i thought he had nine before the year started <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how many uh, he but, had uh so before uh we move on too far george pickens in this game uh contest contested catch monster that's what he is right uh you throw it deep to him and give him a chance to fight the other guy for the ball and he's gonna win it nine out of ten times he pulled a joe hayden yeah. I lit. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love to see the strength yeah. from him. He averaged 26 yards per reception in this game. That's incredible. And two of them were real long. So I think the third one was short. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was like the 42 yarder and then one that was like 27 or something. And so. then a real short one. Yeah. 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 Um, one, one that was not, but. Yeah. Pat Fryermuth, three receptions for 33 yards, averaging a first down per catch, also had the one touchdown. Steven Sims, four receptions for 30 yards. Uh, his best game of the year by far. Yes. Uh, caught all of his targets. Was fantastic for him. Najee Harris, two receptions for 17 yards. Jalen Warren, two for 16. Connor Hayward, one for 13. And that was a great catch and run on his part. Um, it was. Gunnar Rolszewski, again, one for seven. Uh, and then Zach Gentry was only targeted once, but did not catch the ball. Not anything crazy there to talk about Um, no that was first mitch's first pass yep uh and unfortunately it was pretty far behind zach it was catchable uh but it was one of those things that if he if mitch would have hit him in stride he would have been running for a while yeah because Uh, it's frustrating for zach i'm sure because he doesn't get very many opportunities yeah finally gets one in a great situation and the ball's behind him I'm sure he wishes he would have brought it in. I'm sure that he'll tell you that he could have caught it, and he could have. Yeah. Uh, but even if he did catch it, all of his momentum would have been completely stopped in doing so. Uh, so that was a placement issue for for Mitch on that thrown ball there. Uh, so uh, real happy about the performance from from Stephen Sims. Real uh, happy. We've been asking for weeks now. Uh, we needed a number three wide receiver to step up. Ever since Chase Claypool was traded away, there was a very obvious void uh, and it hadn't been filled by anyone other than a few random plays here and there. Uh, some Connor Hayward once in a while, some Zach Gentry once in a while. Jalen uh, Warren. But yeah, yeah, even Jalen Warren and Najee getting some catches here and there. But we weren't getting anything out of Sims and Olszewski and Boykin. Uh, and I don't think they're going to really try too much with Boykin. I don't think they should. No. Because uh, he's just awesome on special teams. Uh, but – with Gunner and, and Sims, this is a real serious audition for next year. Gunner's on a two-year deal, and if he doesn't show something, I don't see any point in bringing him back next season. Nope, I agree. I, I don't know why you're going to pay the man like the $2.5 a year or whatever they paid him uh, to be the number five wide receiver and not return kicks and punts. Yep. And he's not a good gunner on special teams, so it's like – you're literally just an okay backup wide receiver and a backup return man. And that's, to me, that's a, a league minimum contract guy. That's not a, a two and a half million guy. Yeah. 
moving over to the defensive side of the ball, the front offense, front three, front whatever, the, the offensive the line. Yeah, the yeah, we'll talk about the defensive line. Um I'm just I don't know. I'm annoyed with them almost. You should be. I'm just frustrated that you should be. They're gonna win their battles. They, who the hell's getting penetration and stopping the run? No one. Not to that's not a good this game. It's it's a easy answer. No one. Nobody on the defensive line. Nobody in the locker room. It's just not happening. Cam Hayward's the only one making any plays. And in this game, he got out of position a few times. And and it's probably because he knows that no one else is going to make the doggone play. Yep. And then, oh, yeah, Chris Wormley hurt his knee, and it looks like it might be significant. So he's probably done for the season. Yeah, you had a full sack uh, by Tyson Alualu and Chris Wormley. Together, they got each a half sack for that. Um, and then you had the one sack, not trying to move it outside linebacker already, but from TJ Watt, which was great. We, we love that. We want to see that. But that front group, Tyson Alualu, Cameron Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Chris Wormley, Montrevious Adams when he comes in there. We need to see them blowing up the offensive line, making moves, getting to the quarterback, r- making sure the quarterback doesn't have a place to scramble. I saw too many times that TJ Watt beat his man outside and the interior had broken down and he had a get a, you know a way to get away. Um, that's not yep. TJ's fault. Some people will argue TJ overcommitted. No, that's what TJ's supposed to do on that play. Yes, is force him up, and then the guys on the inside are supposed to finish it up and clean it up. But there's no one there to do it because they're not getting any penetration. Yep. On on certain plays where TJ Watt does go inside, that those are the times where TJ is trying to be TJ. It's not often that the outside yeah. linebacker is supposed to go inside. If that happens, TJ's trying to do something to get a sack because he knows that the outside barrier is broken. Or they're in a zone and you have a slot corner there or, or something. You got the nickel there, whatever it is. And he knows he's got to use that inside pass rush move once in a while. Otherwise, they're just going to overset to the outside and the outside move's never going to win. Yep. So again, the outside commitment is TJ Watt's role. It's his job. And too many times I saw that Huntley had a place to run and it wasn't even, there was nobody near him uh, mm-hmm. from that from that defensive line position. Uh, the, the outside linebackers, again, TJ Watt had the sack. That's great. Not a very big game uh, from Highsmith. He had three total tackles on the game. That was it. No, he's been quiet the last few weeks. And I don't know why. It sh- th- these should be better games for him with TJ Watt back, with Cam Hayward being aggressive. I don't understand yeah. what the problem is. Maybe there's a lingering issue that we don't know about. Did he tweak something? I don't know. I'm going to watch for that more the next game than I normally have and see if I can see anything, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I expect more. He's had such a good season uh, for him just to be so quiet the last few weeks. You would at least think you'd see a few run stops here and there, uh, and it's just not there. So uh, definitely need more out of Alex Highsmith because we were getting it all year long, and now all of a sudden uh, when the season's on the line, we're not getting it, and that's that's unfortunate. And I don't think – don't get me wrong. I'm not pinning losses on Alex Highsmith. Yes. Alex Highsmith kept us on a lot of games this year. He's had a tremendous season. Uh, but down this final stretch here, uh, this is where the rubber meets the road, man. This is where your medal is tested. Uh, and we need to see the best out of these guys uh, so that we can accurately figure out what we need to address in the offseason to make the team a, a more well-rounded team for next season. Yeah. Uh, middle linebackers, I saw Miles Jack attempt to put two big hits onto players and then got busted himself. 
uh, one against the running back, I believe it was J.K. Dobbins, uh, yeah. and got plastered and put on the ground going out of bounds. And then the other time he tried to hit the quarterback, Tyler Huntley, and got plastered. Uh, no, he didn't get plastered on that one, but he fell down and Huntley stayed up. I'm like, you're the... You're a middle linebacker. You should be plowing these dudes over. Like what's yeah. and it looks like he's trying to. That's the concerning part to me. Yeah, um, I think that knee's a lot worse than we realize. Yeah, uh, I think he's dang near playing on one leg out there. Uh, and at a certain point in time, you need to shut him down because he is under contract next season. Yeah, so shut him down, do a, a knee surgery cleanup, uh, and then let's let Mark Robinson play so we can see what we've got in him and see if there's any potential with him. Yeah, not a crazy game out of Devin Bush or Robert Spillane. Uh, nope. Just not nothing to talk about, unfortunately. And and even in the secondary, I don't have much to talk about. Cam Sutton had a nice breakup. Um, other than that, the, the best secondary player, other than Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick led the team with 11 tackles again. Uh, but I was this happy. Is a problem, by the way. Big problem. Your free Very safety big. should never make eleven tackles in a game. No. Uh, but I was mostly impressed with Demonte KZ. He was the the guy that I was watching, and I was like, okay, this guy's trying to make plays. This guy, and he wasn't even in that often. Yeah, he was trying. Uh, they used him a lot more than they were in previous games because they were doing a lot of three safety looks, knowing that. Baltimore was going to run the ball so often. Uh, but here lies the problem. DeMonte KZ is like 185 pound safety. Yeah. Soaking uh, wet. So, mm-hmm. so when you're asking him to be your, your big nickel. And if, if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, for those who are listening to audio only, that was air quotes, your big nickel, who is smaller than your regular nickel in Arthur Mollette. Uh, yeah. I mean, KZ is, He's a hard hitter. He's a good football player. He just doesn't have the size to play that role. Yeah. If you're using a third safety as a big nickel, it needs to be a bigger safety that's like 215, 220. Somebody that can hit a, a running back and, and stuff him. Somebody that can go one-on-one with a tight end and get a stalemate. Like These are not things that you can realistically expect out of DeMonte KZ. You just can't. He's not the right size for it. He's a small dude. He's a coverage guy, uh, but and he's all hard. He's a good hitter. He's a good tackler, uh, but man, he's just small. Yep. So if you're going to go with a, a three safety strategy to try to get more muscle out to stop the run, would you would have been better off with another one of your corners because they're all bigger than him. Yep, I agree completely. So I wasn't like I said, I wasn't super impressed with the secondary. Um, yeah. Unfortunate for that because I think our secondary is better than what they're playing. Uh, even Terrell Edmonds. Don't get, <laughs> don't get me started. That was, that was a painful thing for Cody to say. For these, it, it's mostly painful because he is better than what he plays. He just stupid man. He just doesn't make the plays that he should make. He makes horrible angles. The one big run outside, he was the he was a blitzing safety and just completely lost containment. Uh, yeah. And that I believe that was the one that Miles Jack wound up trying to make a big hit and didn't make a big hit. Um, yeah. But it's just it's just unfortunate to see the lack of, quite frankly, football IQ. Football IQ, I feel like we're just missing, and I don't get it. Um, moving to special teams, Chris Boswell, two for two on extra points, uh, 0 for 1 on field goals. That was a block. James, you had some insight on that from an interview after the game. Yeah, apparently what, um, what Calais Campbell said is that special teams coach came to him like right before kickoff and said, Hey, we're going to line you up in a different spot than where we've lined you up all year. 
Uh, we're going to put you between the scent, the long snapper and the guard. Uh, and I want you to swim over top and try to get through and get penetration. And it's something that he's done in previous seasons with some success, but not anything that they'd done this year. Uh, mm -hmm. And it worked. He got penetration. He got through, he got the hand up and he got a blocked. Yep. Uh, so something that you would have never been able to plan for in watching film from this season uh, and not anything they'd even practiced yet all year. So uh, very tough to predict that that was something that they were going to do adjustment wise uh, and do anything to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. Very unfortunate there. Uh, Presley Harvin, three punts, 37 average, very rough yeah. day for him. The, the early punt was just horrible. Worst one of his season, probably the worst one of his career, 17 yards. Yeah. I know factually I can punt it a lot further than 17 yards. So do I. It goes in a straight line, but I can punt it further. <laughs> and that would still be better than that punt. Um, yep. And then Steven Sims, one kick return for 29 yards. Justin Tucker was putting them all, you know, way Out of the end zone like normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then no punt return or two punt returns technically for zero yards. But I think they were all uh, fair catches, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so just an unfortunate game. Again, we have some injuries to talk about. Um, the the big one being Chris Wormley and, and Kenny Pickett, obviously. Um, yep. Kenny Pickett, I don't expect to miss more than another week at most. I think he there's a chance he misses next week, depending on if he can pass uh, concussion protocol. Again, he would have had to have passed concussion protocol already in the game to have been allowed back in. Something happened during that drive, whether self-reported or the coach heard it on the headset or whatever, something happened that allowed him to, or forced him to go back into the concussion protocol. So um, I would, I would love to see him back for the next game. Uh, I don't think, I think it's 50, 50 at this point. I think it's maybe more likely for him to sit um, at this point. You have a losing season. The, the, the likelihood of you winning out your games just to go 500 is slim. I don't think that it's worth starting Kenny, in my opinion, next game. Yeah, uh, if it's me, uh, even if he gets a clean bill of health, I'm not playing him this week. Uh, I'm going to put that squarely on the shoulders of Mason Rudolph or Mitchell Trubisky. Whoever looks better in practice this week, I think you let it go as far as a, an actual real competition uh, and see what happens there. Uh, but I, I don't want to risk my franchise quarterback uh, when he's got his second concussion in his rookie season. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's against losing, another losing team, it's, not it's in the same team. conference, not in the same division. And they've got some good pass rushers and Brian Burns there. There's, there's going to be some opportunities for these guys to hit the quarterback again. Don't let them hit your franchise quarterback. Yep. I, so I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. It's not worth it to me. I'd let them sit for another week. Um, the Wormley knee Looked like it was going to be something significant, most likely. Uh, and we just learned about an hour before we started recording uh, that the Steelers are signing uh, defensive tackle Jonathan Marshall off the practice squad of the New York Jets. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick in 2021. Uh, and at his combine, weighed in at 6'3", 3'10", put up 36 reps on the bench and had a 4.8840 yard dash so he's a pretty athletic dude pretty strong dude just not very long arms 32 and 1 quarter inch long arms which is probably part of the lack of success uh usually 32 is like the bare minimum guys will go for them to have success in the NFL uh Henry Mondo was like 31 and 3 quarters so he's got about a half an inch 
length on Henry Mondo. And and that was Henry's biggest issue was his arm length. He could not disengage well. Uh, but this is going to be somebody probably quite a bit more powerful. Uh, so we'll see. It's at least a size guy with some athleticism and some some very good strength. If he can hold up against the run and he's a decent run plugger, <laughs> hey, he, he might get a lot of playing time these last couple of weeks if he can stop the run. <laughs> so I think he'll get every opportunity at the worst case scenario. He's in inactive the last few weeks and it's somebody to bring to camp next season. Uh, past that better news, Cody, somebody has returned to Pittsburgh and we were a fan of him first time around had one of the best preseason games that a, a, an individual player for the Steelers had ever had. That is true. Uh, go ahead and tell us who it is. Tell us the good news, Cody. Mr. Ola Adani is back with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is very exciting. Ooh. We sniped him off the Ooh. waiver wire. Um, again, a guy that James and I were very fond of. We do believe that he is an immediate upgrade over Malik Reed at the number three, uh, first rotating in outside linebacker. So, we love that. James, what you drinking there? Quick, quick unsponsored sponsorship advertisement. Angry, Angry Orchard. Orchard my Crisp Apple. Uh, yeah. Get yours today at your local beer distributor. Anyways, uh, with, with that being That's said. a New York beverage. That is a New York beverage. And Yingling, which I they actually have down here in Texas, which is my choice of beverage alcoholic, uh, is here in Pennsylvania beer. So we love that. Anyways, uh, super excited to have Ola Adani back. Uh, again, he's going to be an immediate upgrade at that outside linebacker. And hopefully that helps TJ and Alex Highsmith stay a little fresh while maintaining the uh, ability to get pressure on the quarterback and stop the run uh, on defensive side. What do you want to say? So with those two moves, we're going to see in the next couple of days here, a couple of guys go on the injured reserve. Most likely my guess is Chris Wormley's going on the injured reserve. Uh, probably Malik Reed will be the second one. Because uh, it sounded like his knee took a turn for the worst, possibly. Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably see that announced officially tomorrow when these moves are announced officially. Uh, but we'll talk about it on Friday's episode with you guys and and let you know uh, how those moves will impact the Steelers going forward as we talk Carolina Panthers on Friday. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, one of the other <laughs> limited teams that I've actually I've been to their stadium. That way. Neither have I. <laughs> I've actually been to their stadium and it's really actually cool. I haven't been technically in, but I've been outside. I went to Charlotte one time with some friends. Uh, Keep beautiful. Pounding, huh? Keep pounding. Keep That's pounding. what they say down there. Oh, I don't know what they say. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I care a lot of Panthers. But, but the pounding. Panther statues out front were really cool. And uh, Charlotte's a beautiful city. If you guys ever get the chance to go, there's a, a beautiful coffee shop called Not Just Coffee. Uh, and it is Not Just Coffee. It's amazing. Uh, check it out. I don't know what else to say about it. Anyways, what else are they selling? It's, it's not just coffee, James. Not just coffee. <laughs> it's the most beautiful, most beautiful coffee I've ever had. Delicate, it's whatever. Starting to sound like it, but uh, I'll I'll find the pictures. I have them on Facebook somewhere or something. <laughs> it's starting to sound like they put something a little extra Stop special. Stop it. Anyways, with that being said, uh, we can't thank you guys enough. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. Please share the post, share the podcast, share it with your friends and family through direct messaging, through uh, Facebook, whatever you want to do. We appreciate the support so much. Thank you, guys. And again, this is James and Cody signing off. Peace.